I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 264 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast. That's a number. Is it? I like how you waited until the podcast had started to open your beverage. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important it's an important member of the cast. It's a new segment (laughs) we have. It makes things real, you know. We need a real-time review. I don't actually know who opened that, but we need a real-time review of it. Maybe it was you, Uh, Jim. It could be. Can is coming from inside (laughs) the house. The tab feel was I would give it like a two out of ten. Yeah, no, this it's it, this is a grapefruit sculpin. It tastes exactly the same as all the other grapefruit sculpins. Man, uh, I, I I went to a Mexican restaurant with my mom, and I got a pitcher of margaritas to share with her before I remembered that she doesn't drink. <laughs> Does she not drink? At, she drinks some. No, she. I'm I'm kidding. She drank some of it. Yeah, and there was a. It was uh, this like fundraiser. I hesitate to call it a fundraiser dinner because I think that that adds a different cast to it. But it was a a friend of hers works for this like charity for foster kids and they have this thing where there's one day a month where uh the profits from this one restaurant uh get partially donated to this charity so we went and met a bunch of people for dinner a bunch of people that my mom knows from work do you nobody, feel obligated nobody to about, order the most expensive thing on the menu uh you know the pitcher of margaritas might have been the most expensive thing on the menu so yes Okay. I felt obligated by my alcoholism to order the most expensive thing on the menu. Isn't a sculpin a kind of fish? Yeah, all yeah. of the ballast, all of Ballast Point Brewery's boozes uh, are named after fish. They're actually just okay. a fish oh, uh, in a can. They're not Except all named for after at sea. fish. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say That's there's true. some that are like abstract ocean-related concepts, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like fish dying beneath the waves. Sure. Fish, fish sticks. Yeah, I guess that's kind of an abstract. The idea of fish porter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One specific fish versus the category of fish. Uh, wheat beer. Bach. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, uh, let's make some fucking jokes for a while. <laughs> That's super easy. There's nothing distracting us from doing that. This beverage explores the concept of service Um, tension. (laughs) Yeah, what... Did we ever talk about the idea of a water strider, but that runs along the bottom of the surface, like an aquatic... Like a version... did. That must have come up recently. So... So, like a fish that wants to evolve into a land-walking animal, but is hesitant? <laughs> well, I think it would have to, like, have come back. Okay. Like, uh, like, the, like a whale with, with its pelvis. What? So, like, a whale, like, w- 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 like, was on the land for a little while, and then was like, fuck this. Right, and instead yeah, of, like, losing here. its legs, it just evolved to walk on the underside of the water. Hmm. You, I don't, there isn't the same kind, like, surface tension doesn't exist on the inside, does it? Or does it? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, huh. Is, is the underneath of, like, if you could touch the underneath of, of the water, like, up, uh, would it, would it, is that just like the biggest bubble? <laughs> 
Well, because it's it. This is this is like my high school. Oh, if that were the case, then like walking around the outside class. of a bubble would be like Super Mario Galaxy. But it's like uh. Uh, it's the Van der Waals force, right? That is the thing that's causing surface tension. I don't know what that is, is except okay. that lizards use it to walk on walls. Really? I thought they just had sticky feet. I think that's what Van der Waals means. It just means oh. something sticky. <laughs> just a fancy way of saying that. Well, but it's like at the like atomic level. Well, adhesive has uh, okay. to work somehow. I, I don't actually think that's what Van der Waals is. I'm just being an asshole. Is it related to how apparently the reason that that your fingertips get all pruny if you're in the bathtub for too long is because your skin is is reacting to make it easier to grip things with wet hands? What I read was that that was actually a neurological thing. Like, really? you get, it's getting a signal from the brain to make the skin pruny to, um, to improve your grip underwater. Hmm. Science. I think we might yes. have lost Zach. <laughs> Zach, are you there? Did, yeah, maybe he's... he fell asleep. Yeah, it's possible. It's been a very tiring week. Yeah. Ugh, fish. Vanderwall <laughs> generators. Vanderwall generators? That's not a thing. Or whatever it Riff. was. I don't that's know. Van, yeah, that's Van de Graaff. Right. That's a different kind of one? van. Vander Candy. Vander Candy? Vander Kampf? Yeah. Isn't that like a stew? <clears throat> I, I can't add Zach again because he is technically already a participant. You could kick him out and then add him back. I can't. It won't. Let me. <laughs> this is the most exciting podcast. I'm you guys. sorry, guys. Yeah, no, I, I love this. This no, is going to be good. Yeah. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. I, I just heard a Skype sound. Yeah, that was Zach saying, "Try Skype again." But the problem is that it, Skype thinks he's still on the call. <laughs> All right, Riff. I think I'm going to have to kill the call and try it again. Oh no! Okay. Sorry. Don't don't stop recording. Okay. Don't stop. Or believe him. He didn't hear that part. I know. That's just that was just for my benefit. Yeah. Hello. Hello? Okay. Riff is back. When did when did Skype stop going? It does on our end. Weird. It totally Mm. does not. Hey guys. Hi. I, I never I never stopped recording. I my phone just lost the Wi Fi because okay. it's because it's mine. Cool. Um, did you, no did you touch it? Gonna... Because it is bitter and because it is mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh my my computer seems to be reasonable because it's not important that my computer remain connected to the Wi Fi, but uh, uh anyway. Yeah, uh, I could not I, I could talking... not re add you separately because it it thought you were still on the call. Well, I wasn't. I know. We I, were hoping you had fallen asleep because that would have been way funnier. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I yep. listened to the episode where I fell asleep and it was pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I was worried about you. Yeah. Oh, you know, also, uh, I realized that uh, thanks to thanks to Stove Jubs, may he rest in peace, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get you guys my audio until Friday because I was like, Oh yeah, I have the card reader, but what I don't have is the ability to plug a USB device into my computer because I left the adapter in Phoenix. Oh fuck. Huh. Do do you I might where are you now? In Tucson at my mom's house. 
Okay. Yeah, there's like no... There, there are no like electronic shops in Tucson. Well, your mom has a computer. Yes. So that is yes. that is a possibility. At least. Yeah, I might be able to. I might be able to work that out. Although Probably she's one of the things. One of the things that go we're to doing. A FedEx Kinkos. <laughs> yeah, just carry this recorder into a FedEx Kinkos. Yeah. Or just a carry pizza the thumb drive in and say. Yeah, say hey. Can yeah, you, you can you email this to somebody to with print extra this cheese? Audio and then mail it to us, <laughs> and then we can scan it. We can OCR yeah. the uh, the audio peaks. Yeah, did you ever um did you ever experience any of those uh like when a magazine would print digital data in like a weird grid and you were supposed to scan it or something? No. Nope. Unless you like basic listings sort of count, but no. Like not like a QR code thing or a QCAT thing. Yeah, yeah. what what, do, what did, are you talking did, about specifically? Like like a program or like yeah, it was like a thing in, I don't remember exactly what you were supposed to use to scan it. I just remember it being a thing in, like, maybe Enter Magazine. If we had, anyway. If we developed that instead of the internet, just, like, print magazine, but with a bunch of QR codes. They just keep inventing ways to print higher and higher resolution QR codes. Yeah. <laughs> if World of Warcraft was play-by-mail. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've, I've been, uh, I've been down here in Tucson helping my mom, like sort of go through my dad's stuff in the garage because yeah. she's wanting to you know, reclaim that you, you guys saw my, my tweet of knives. Yes. Of yeah. many knives. That <laughs> dude impressive. had a lot of fucking knives. I didn't, I mean, Some it's not like, too. if you had, had said, like, who needs <clears throat> two different comb knives? So were yeah, the, those were, the, were those combs or knives? Well, I guess they were. I guess they were both. The knives—they were just plastic, so they were really just for stabbing, not for slicing. <laughs> okay. Um, so that it's so like defense you, situations. Yeah, I, like uh, I, I don't really understand. I mean, like, do you remember uh, in some Star Trek movie when they imprisoned uh, like two Klingons and the Klingons? pulled a bunch of little parts out of different pieces of their armor and clothing and stuff and assembled a gun that yeah. they then used to shoot shoot their way out of space jail. I yeah. don't. That makes a lot uh, more this, sense than making a gun out of a potato. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think it had to be powered by a potato. Oh, but, but all... Sure. All, cl- like, all like Klingons keep clock. a potato concealed in their top knot. <laughs> right. Um, that's, uh, also, that's, if, were you, you know, if they, get, if they get hungry... Sorry. Were you that that was not an oblique reference to the all tech men carry batteries story, is it? No. Okay. All right. I can tell that one later uh, if you want. Yeah, go you, you know, you can tell it. Yeah, go go ahead. Do well, it now. So I don't I don't know if you are aware of the fact that Harvard and Yale have a rivalry. Um and so uh, MIT also has a rivalry with Harvard, but that Harvard doesn't recognize as a rivalry. And so, uh, MIT, uh, some enterprising students went to a Harvard Yale game and p- the night before planted some, uh, sort of explosive charges in the field, uh, that would inflate these balloons that said MIT. And uh, they required being powered by batteries, and so they like set them off in the middle, of, like I think during like halftime of the Harvard Yale game, 
this was back in the like 50s or 60s i think that this happened um and but they got caught and the president of harvard had the president of mit over to discuss what should be done and it was like well how the president of MIT was like well, how do you know that these are the gentlemen that, that caused it well they're like well they had batteries in their coats and the president of mit was like all tech men carry batteries and he opened his coat and had just a bunch of batteries in his <laughs> coat <laughs> which is this awesome story of like the administration actually supporting the students which is a thing that i feel like does not nice. happen these days does the MIT, I mean, the MIT administration definitely, at least in when you were there, still like turns a blind eye to a lot of real ridiculous bullshit that you, you folks get up to. It's, it is a weird sort of weird ground. Uh, like there was a, for a long time, they sort of kept a blind eye to like, to all the weird shit that like students would like climb on top of the buildings at night and stuff. And that became less and less of a of a like acceptable thing and if you got caught by the campus police they would not necessarily have your back um yeah like it seems like there's a big divide between student culture and the desire to seem like a safe space to parents and stuff and not get sued and not, you know, yeah. I mean, do you, have you explained to them that the alternative is people drinking themselves to death in the trunks of cars as part of fraternity uh, initiation rituals? Well, yeah, I mean, so there, there was literally a student who died from alcohol poisoning, uh, while I was at MIT and that actually led to a situation where, uh, prior to that, like when I was a freshman, freshmen could live off campus in fraternities and stuff and that policy changed and all freshmen are required to live on campus now at MIT um, as a result of that in an attempt to somehow like the idea that somehow students are not drinking on campus is this weird myth that I don't exactly understand um, but I think that's a myth that all or all colleges have to perpetuate as institutions right because they're not like allowed to right because of the, people like, get caught age and get in of drinking trouble. yeah that's true sure every campus is dry there was a there was a knife i don't know if you guys have been watching westworld but i've been watching yeah. westworld uh, there was one of the knives was very much like the knife that uh, ed harris's character uses to murder a lot of people all the time in uh, Westworld, it was, so I there was like a was really long, scary-looking blade in that set of knives. There's yeah. a there's a bayon, there's a bayonet, man. You know this other weird thing that I found that I didn't even know existed, but I looked this up. Uh, I knew that my dad had a an M1 Garand, like a World War II infantry rifle, uh, but I found this thing that was ammunition for it but it is in like a sealed metal can like a, they, they refer to them as spam cans because that's kind of the shape that it is it's like about the size of a car battery and uh, it has like a like a sardine can key like an old sardine can key on it to like wrap around a little the little metal tab to like open the thing. So it's like, I looked this up and it was like, this was the way that the U S army packaged ammunition in 1970 when the U S army gave a bunch of M ones and ammo to the Greek army. 
Um, I don't know who was in who was trying to invade Greece in 1970 uh, because I don't know anything about history, which is why I'm doomed to repeat it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like keep giving ammo to the Greece, Zach. Yes, I, I keep doing it. <laughs> I feel like I don't have a good sense uh, of like European history from the 60s to yeah. modern day. I certainly have no idea. I saw, I saw a, a, Four a movie the White other guys, day. The podcast. Yeah. I saw a movie the other day uh, that took place in uh, in the Korea in the 30s, which I then learned was occupied by Japan from like 1910 until the Korean War. I heard Mash was no, not in not Korea. A, not until not until the Korean War, until the until uh, until the the Japan had to stop occupying everywhere at the end of World War II. Um, Mash was set in the Korean War, but it was about Vietnam, right? Like that's kind of the ideologically, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty good. Did you guys ever read the book Mash? No, no. I thought I was erudite for was having watched the first? movie. Yeah. It was a book, and then Robert Altman made the movie, and then it became a TV series. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think uh, if Robert Altman and Robert Control Man and Robert Delete Man ever uh, <laughs> ever met that the world would reboot? We should we should give it a try. It's, it's, <laughs> it's worth a shot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm just dealing with all sorts of stuff down here. I'm like getting rid of a car and getting rid of a motorcycle and I get to chop down a tree tomorrow, so that'll be Ooh. fun. No, that sounds nice. Is that was it a tree yeah. that was being was growing in the garage? Just it pissed him yep. off. <laughs> yeah. No, it died. I mean, I guess in a way it pissed me off by dying because I don't like it when anything dies. Yeah. Um What what have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I went to a movie. Uh, I saw Doctor Strange. Oh, how is it? I liked it a fair bit, actually. I I have never read any Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, me neither. And Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of a a great delight. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's 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 uh it's good to see without having any of that foreknowledge. You'd say there are definitely a handful of like uh, Avengers references. If you haven't seen the movies, I don't think it would okay. impinge. I don't like think it would like first one. If you, I don't think it's going to screw up your enjoyment of the movie. There will definitely be some references that will go over your head, but I don't think they make it a big deal out of it. It's, it's like, do you see Howard the Duck's corkscrew penis in a jar on Benicio del Toro's shelf? <laughs> yeah, yeah. they don't call attention to it. Right, exactly. It's it's just sort of it's just sort of panned over. Uh, the it could be any corkscrew penis. The cre- <laughs> the, the the sort of credit sequences will be baffling, but that's that's fine. I think. I remember telling somebody that I had liked the post credit sequence in Avengers. And they had said they didn't understand it. The one in the the shawarma shop. Yeah. Okay. But they said they didn't understand it. But what they meant was the mid credit sequence uh. because they didn't stick around. So like that. Yeah, I think those, that's actually two really good two like opposing examples of how you do uh, you know something that's inclusive versus something that's like this is just for the fans. Yeah. This one. There, so there was the, there was there was a mid credits and then there's a post credits and the post credits is totally comprehensible and just setting up like a sequel and the mid credits is 
also setting up a sequel. Although it's not. No, I think the post credits is setting up the sequel, and the mid credits is setting up the next Avengers movie, mm. which is not going to be a sequel mm. to this. It'll just be part of the continuity. The continuity is complicated as hell at this point. And uh, boy, not really any good. <laughs> yeah, <if you ask laughs> yeah, it's 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 better than the DC continuity just in terms of the story being interesting but yeah, yeah it's, but that's it's a still fundamental it is a very low bar i've heard dc stands for dumb continuity yeah <laughs> as opposed to ac for awesome continuity yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> the classic tesla versus edison divide <laughs> edison really wanted everything to be dumb I don't even remember. I don't remember who wanted it to be dumb and who wanted it to be awesome. Is that, like, is that why Edison killed Dumbo? Yeah, there's a short oh. film of him killing Dumbo with awesomeness. <laughs> was was it all? Was it alternating current that was dangerous, and that was what Tesla wanted? He yes. wanted dangerous current. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. yeah, Edison, like Edison, just wanted everything to be DC. Yeah, you know, and in a way, everything is. It's just just the transmission of power that's ac right i i found a uh in the garage i found this like walkie talkie cb radio and plugged it in and turned it on and there's doesn't there didn't seem to be anyone nearby on channel 14 um, which is the only channel that this uh that this handheld cb uses i'm thinking about taking it to san francisco to see if there's any like weirdo old men around san francisco still talking on cb radio do you so is citizens band do you need any kind of licensing to no you it? do not like i think ha- it is citizens ham, ham is required it's, like you have to actually like get a call sign and register and yeah stuff, right? and learn you i think you don't have to anymore but it used to be kind of tricky at least you had to learn morse code and stuff yeah um i think citizens band is is specifically citizens as distinct from ham mans <laughs> Ham mans. Who who swear allegiance to no to no uh, sovereign power. It's, that's that's not part, a of the, part of Dr. Wiley minion. Part of getting part of getting your your license. Yeah. Mm. I've been we not- saw uh The Handmaiden. Oh yeah. Uh, How was that? I it was it was good. Is um, this is this based on the Margaret Atwood book or is it something else entirely? Is uh no, that's the, the Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale you're yeah, thinking I thought that of. was I thought that was uh, Chaucer. No. Uh, that's the Miller's Tale. Okay, uh, all right. Well, at least the Miller's <laughs> Tale is the one with like hilarious uh, accidental oral sex in it. Um, Farting. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was the Coen Brothers. Huh? Is there? Uh, <laughs> that's Miller's <laughs> Crossing. Never mind. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Okay. Um, no, this was based on a book written by, a, uh, I think, a fairly young contemporary author that was about a relationship between two women in Victorian England, but this was reset in Korea. Um, mm. it's, about some, it's about some criminals, and some, it's got some twists. It's pretty... It's, it's good. Um yeah 
we saw it at the Alamo Draft House, and they said they were complaining that uh, the screening before you was Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange crowd a little messier than most movie crowds. <laughs> I, I buy that. Did you throw a lot of your garbage on the floor after well, watching Doctor Strange? It it was more that I was trying to shift it into another dimension and failed. A huh. messier dimension. See, it, but, by throwing it onto the ground, you, well, you were trying to throw it at the ground and miss. Trying to throw it at the exactly. second dimension, which is the ground. <laughs> right. Yep. What have you been up to, Jim? Uh, mostly trying desperately not to think about current events. I'm watching a lot of House, the uh, yeah, the, the Hugh Larry thing. Right. Yeah, I uh, I made the mistake of trying to distract myself by watching Black Mirror, and that didn't go so well. So mm. how's Black Mirror? It's good. It's just not a thing that helps you take your mind off current events. Right. Did you like start at the beginning of House? Uh yeah, I did. Oh, had you not seen it before? Oh, I, I had. It okay. was this is yeah. Like no, I was looking food. for yeah, exactly. Okay. I've seen like the first three or four seasons. Yeah, that's probably the best three or four. It gets. I think I watched it until right before they completely replace all of the secondary cast. It gets like weirdly soap opera y along the margins, which is, I guess, fine, but the, like, just solving the cases is so compelling every single episode. I don't know. I feel like they they really had to make the characters go through arcs. Maybe I'm wrong. You you don't think they had to? Yeah, I, I don't feel like they that, did. That was, I mean, having just seen the, watched the first three seasons, like that is that was always part of it. Like it was it was always partly about those characters and their their side stories. One thing I thought was interesting was how, um, especially if you look at. There's a there's a scene in the first episode of the first season that was um, it was the scene that uh, that Hugh Lowry recorded to uh, audition. Oh wow! And it's just him being an asshole for a minute and a half. You know, mm. like it's he's not making any jokes. The whole joke is that here's a doctor who's an asshole. Um, and it was super interesting to me how like that was when, when that's a novelty, that's enough to carry the scene. Hmm. Um, but if once you've seen like, once you've seen this guy be an asshole for like even a couple of shows, you need more than that. Yeah. You need him to deliberately give himself a migraine so that he can prove that some sort of migraine cure doesn't work. Yeah. And then <laughs> see, that's take, funny. Take, and then take LSD to cure the migraine, yep. and then take something else to cancel out the LSD. <laughs> and then he's eventually swallowing entire cats. Right. <laughs> and also his the other cast members. Oh yeah does it get uh, does it get like uh, Akira at the end? <laughs> I, I I never finished the last season. It got pretty dumb. <laughs> they call so him they call him House me. because of his size. <laughs> No, they call him House because it's fucking Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. God yep. damn it! It's it's not that bad if you don't know that. Watson <laughs> yeah, Wilson. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. That's that. fine. Watson Wilson is fine, but just whole, mm. I mean, if it was if it was Howells, <laughs> right? 
then that would have been okay. <laughs> what is? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what have you been doing, Riff? Uh, not much. Uh... Uh, yeah, I can't really think of anything of interest. I've been playing... I've been messing around with that Seafall board game, but it's not good for talking about, really. It's uh, for looking through. Friend of the show, David Bass, says that every additional thing that you open up uh, just makes the rules more complicated and ambiguities uh, more and more confusing. Yeah, it it definitely suffers from the problem that it like that it's an entirely new base game whereas risk legacy and pandemic legacy like risk and pandemic were solid proven board games in their own right and this one doesn't have that foundation and it has a lot of exposed cracks in that regard and the ocean doesn't drain out through the cracks yeah yes all over your floor it sucks (laughs) What, is ships with an entire ocean in the box? Yeah, well, it's like a waterbed. <laughs> you, you can only play it on Except the beach. Except the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been playing a fair bit of uh, Dominion uh, with Melissa, and we played... Uh, we had a couple... We have a couple of expansions. We played, like, one uh, base set plus, I think, Dark Ages, and she she creamed me on that one, and then we played a base set plus Prosperity and... Uh, I, it reminded her of why no one wants to play Prosperity with me because for some reason I I really click with Prosperity and just get these ridiculously high scores by the end. Are you you're playing physical Dominion? Yeah, is there a virtual Dominion? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just it's like it's hard for me to imagine somebody liking that game enough to bother setting up all of the piles of cards. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that bad. You just because if you just have like a room in your house, if you have a Dominion room or like a Dominion yeah. Dominion in your house, uh, where you just leave it set up all the time. It's it, as far as board game setup goes. It's that's not so bad. I mean, I guess it's also a card game and not a board game, really. But yeah, uh, do you have like a computer? Do you have an app to do the randomization for you? Uh, we've just been using the recommended sets from the instructions. Hmm. But the, like there was one game we were playing where the recommended set led to these turns where you basically went through your whole deck every turn, which is mm. a, a dubious choice, I think. Well, I mean, I guess if you're trying to teach people about that sort of combo ability. Sure. Because the Prosperity set has a card that is... So, like, the Throne Room was, the like, the, the fun one that's, like do this action twice the prosperity set has a card that is do this action three times hmm. yeah it seems it just can it you... gets out of control huh. can you it, use that in conjunction with the throne room you could you can you can just in conjunction with itself which means you like three cards three times Ugh. yeah it's it's ridiculous three is too many it is too many. Um, I have not really played any video games, but I did have a dream about a video game Ooh. that I thought might be interesting to yeah, you guys. Good enough. I had a dream that I was a judge at some sort of video games festival, and 
the the I saw a game on the list of things that I was supposed to judge that was uh, designed by J.P. LeBreton, and I was like, oh, I bet this is going to be pretty good. It's a game by J.P. LeBreton, and I like that guy and the things that he makes. And uh, what it turned out the game was was this thing that was designed for high school P.E. classes to to use as a group, and it was like just dance, except a whole group of people had to do a coordinated like dance for the for the duration of an entire like normal song like you would it would you'd play a song like like on a, the the game itself was just like a karaoke machine and then this camera that would give your entire class a rating of how well you had done the choreographed dance moves but they didn't teach you what the dance moves were you 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 had to play it simultaneously with the previous year's class who knew all of the moves and did it and you had to just imitate them and uh-huh. dance dance along with them as a group and the point of this was to like normalize this the feeling of alienation that you feel when like everybody else knows what's going on but you don't and you're like struggling to to imitate other people but to make you experience that as a group like that was the sort of artist statement of the game uh and the way that the way that they had set up to play test is they had gotten my entire high school class <laughs> there to play along with me. But then the song that came up was Little Plastic Castle by Ani DeFranco, which is like not a real danceable song at all. Or so I thought in the dream. But then in the next day as I was driving, I put that song on because it was stuck in my head. And I realized that like halfway through that song, like gets really up tempo and brings in all these horn sections and stuff. And I was thinking, oh, you know what? I thought that Dream J.P. LeBreton had done a bad job of choosing the songs <laughs> that people had to dance to in this thing. But no, it turns out he was actually pretty smart. Like this one really starts rocking in the middle. <laughs> so good job, J.P. LeBreton, <laughs> making that game. Oh man, now I but that's wonder, all that's all I that's all I played. <laughs> I now I'm just wondering like how badly out game developed have I been by the dream version of me, by various dream <laughs> versions of me. Oh, oh man, man. Yeah. How many how many people do you think have dreamed a weird version of Frog Fractions 2? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's better than the real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, on and Dream Dream U is surely up to like Frog Fractions ten. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, it depends if ten Dream versions of you make make ten different Frog Fractions is two. I yeah, or maybe uh, uh, in in Dreams numbers are always binary, so Frog Fractions ten is Frog Fractions two. No, Speaking sense. of games, games made by theirs truly, Jim Crawford. <laughs> I'm assuming if yours truly is wait no mine truly Jim Crawford. Okay, uh, you made a right. you made a you made a jam game, didn't you? I did, and I never got it like in front of anybody because I couldn't get it to build in WebGL. Like Unity has this WebGL export thing, um, and I tried it like a year ago, and you know I, I generated a web page and I loaded it up in Firefox, I think. And what happened was the entire browser locked up. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just like uh, an unresponsive program for like three or four minutes. I ended up like, oh, I ended up opening Task Manager and it had like 40 gigabytes allocated. Um, and what happened with this one uh, was I 
it generated a web page and I opened the web page and it just gave me a, like a syntax error in the JavaScript that it had generated. So like fail fast. That's one of the engineering principles, right? <laughs> so it's better, but like I, I could just make an executable and put up a zip file, but the zero hour games are such trifles that I feel bad doing that. Like, you're probably uh, like the people would have to go through the effort of clicking a thing saying yes run this even though it's from an untrusted source yeah i like, like even even that amount of effort is too much i <laughs> really feel like you would spend more time downloading and unzipping it than you would playing it that is certainly true of a lot of games that i have paid for <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's what i get for uh making a a zero hour jam game in unity what uh what what was the game like uh it was um it was one of those uh mining games where where you you dig in the ground and you bring back ore and you uh buy upgrades with the ore cool so was there anything was there anything crazy or subversive about it <laughs> no this one was more like a challenge like an engineering challenge because i'm can i make a game like that in an hour so that's another reason it's not interesting to people um is that it was just a more of a uh and it, you know it's compelling as those games are you know it, it'll it, it keeps your attention but like it's not like better than that like i forget if i talked about this on the podcast but i was playing uh I, are we talking about video games now i could i could just transition yes mm -hmm. <laughs> months ago I was playing this game called Robo Miner um, that I think I talked about on the podcast that we never um, published because it was awful. Um, and Robo Miner is one of those like it's a genre where it's a game where you are it, it basically it's a, a Diablo clone except instead of hitting skeletons and getting treasure, you're hitting chunks of dirt and getting treasure, and then you're upgrading your pickaxe with the treasure. Mm. Uh, so like it's sort of like a half platformer, half RPG sort of a thing where you dig into the ground, you dig deeper with your new, you know, your new abilities, you bring back, you know, better classes of ore. Um, and Robo Miner is like, it's a, it's for Android. It's, I bet it's probably for iOS as well. It's super cheaply made, but it's also just like almost the minimum viable product for that genre. Like it's, just enough there to be compelling um which is something that's super interesting to me like here's the the bare minimum of what you need to make this game fun um and i i also played um slay away camp was that it slay away camp yeah yeah, yeah. which it's good it's a it's a really well-made little puzzle game that i wish was on my phone but I'm I am surprised that it is not. Well, I was thinking phone. about like I paid like eight bucks for that game. Yeah, that seems like a and a, a PC price that you'd have if you expected it to be two dollars on a phone or something. Right. I and I w probably would not have paid eight bucks for that on a phone, even though like it's the exact same game. Right. Cognitive cognitive biases are real. You know, even if you're aware of them. I don't it's really see good it though. On the App Store. It is good. There is Stay I Away from the Line, which is like Slay Away <laughs> from the Camp. Yeah. 
I mean, I wonder if they're just doing a thing where they release it on PC at $8, and then six months from now they release it on iOS. At yeah, uh, that's, that seems like a smart thing to do. Or do they wait until next Halloween and release it a month before Halloween? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends. I wonder if it sold enough copies that they're able to make games for a living. That's a good question. I wonder how many people it took to make that game. I think it was two. Yeah, two seems about right. It's got a, like, <clears throat> I, I am, I, I think, the, the, like, it's got the Crossy Road art style, which is still, it still works for me. Although it, oh yeah, I don't know, like, how much longer that's going to last before people, before people are sick of that. But, like, the the really simple, like, big voxel uh, 3D characters, like, I, that has, has to be a really cheap way to make 3D art. Yeah, I think there are just tools that export, like you can just build things with voxels and it just exports them as whatever kind of thing Maya exports. Yeah, yeah, just a 3D model, sure. Yeah, that, and that, if not, that would be a pretty, you could probably make a tool like that pretty fast. Um, there was a, like, sort of related, the the person whose name I forget who made Downwell, uh, there was a video of a, talk he gave where he demonstrated like um, a way to do sort of fake overhead 3d in game maker which is a pure 2d engine yeah i think we i think i saw that talk. oh yeah yeah that sounds right yeah yeah Yeah. and And yeah he was demoing that game there it's it worked by i think what he did was made uh models in 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 that voxel editor and then exported them in layers layers yeah yeah, and then just would render all the layers on like render the layers like with a con- constant vertical offset, but rotated. He has a he has an artist who's done, doing all that. Right, that makes sense. Um, yeah, which I, is, is a neat trick, but like only really exists. It's just stacks of sprites. It's, yeah, it's really inefficient. It only really makes sense as a workaround for limitations of Game Maker. It's it a, yeah, it is and amazing it that it works at all, honestly. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, but it doesn't. But it doesn't look that much cooler than if it were just done in a less stupid way. It allows like, you to actually like rotate the camera around the space as if it were a three D situation, which is kind of interesting. Right, but so but, does it being a three D situation. You know, well, like, well, well, that's sure. the that's the thing though. Like it, you can't do a real three D situation in Game Maker. Right. So. If you're familiar with those tools, you want to make a 3D-looking game, here's a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the idea that's like, this is like real-time 3D that you could have done on a Super Nintendo, you know, like without that, Mode 7. That I, wa- I wonder, like, if it had enough sprites to, to do that in any sort of meaningful way. Not, I mean, you could have done some limited stuff. I think you would have had a really hard time doing some of the con- constructions that were made and hit that new game. What is it called? It's like... Nim or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Nima, N-I-M-A, N-Y-M-A. I think it was made just for Fantastic Arcade, so I don't know that anybody else has seen it. Yeah, it was one of the Huevos Rancheros branded things that was in one of the little... uh, Huevos Rancheros, sorry. uh, That was in one of their little arcade cabinet things. Yeah. Uh also, uh, David Pittman is looking for a job. Yeah, I saw that. And I, so. thought, I thought you were being eerily prescient because <laughs> you had basically said that he was going to have to do that 
Did I? I thought you did. Yeah. I mean, I that certainly like if Slayer Shock didn't seem to be selling that well, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, he had said at the time of the Tale of Tales meltdown that Neon Struck had sold like fifteen hundred copies. Yeah. It sucks that. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't exactly know what I believe is wrong with the world that makes it so that guy who makes good games very cheaply and very fast is not able to make a living making games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because I mean, they're not like so niche niche. I guess luckily we are people who make uh, cheap games uh, slow, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the, the market damn. will reward that. Yeah, yeah, fail really, we'll really see. slowly. That's what they say in engineering, right? <laughs> like Unity. Yeah. Like Unity a year ago. Um, yeah, that stinks. And I wish that... I don't know. You know, I liked Slayer Shock, and I feel like it was worth what I paid for it. I don't know that I'm going to play it anymore. You know, it didn't really... Neither, not nothing after Eldritch sold anywhere near as well as Eldritch did. I mean, because Eldritch came out kind of in the in the last days of the the sort of indie gold rush. Yeah, right? back back like before Steam just opened the floodgates to like, yeah, like at that point, if you got published on Steam, it was because you had gotten their attention for some reason, and you were treated specially, you know. And so, I mean, having some, a friend. He, he also had some champions. I think Anthony Birch was super into it and talked about it a lot. Yeah. And I didn't see anybody sort of championing, championing. Uh, yeah, it's it's also very possible or. that like, you know, he's not really an artist, hmm. and he's doing all his own art, and it's also possible that like Eldritch was just abstract enough that people were able to put up with it. I mean, Eldritch looked like, like Minecraft, right? Yeah, exactly. So. And Neon Struct and Slayer Shock just kind of look crappy. I don't agree with you, but I I see your point. Yeah. Like I don't I don't I don't think that those games look bad. Like they're they're like a low level of fidelity and detail but they like the pieces fit together right and like it's clearly a style that's on purpose and executed correctly you know it's executed consistently but it's not like the reason eldritch works isn't because like that's a great art style it's because it's a really familiar one Mm. so if you're not going to be really good it's with a style it's not a good idea to innovate is the lesson the takeaway you would have? If you, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I think the the Crossy Road style, art style is doing the same thing, right? It's just copying. It's it's it looks you know it's it's got the 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 square pixels look of of Minecraft, you know. Huh. That's I, I would I wouldn't have called it a Minecraft style game because it's yeah it's not exactly the same thing but like i i feel like it's the big blocks and the big visible pixels on the big blocks 
like in Minecraft led to that style directly. Hmm. Was was Minecraft the first like voxel style game that made any kind of impression? Yeah, certainly they got any popular traction for was, sure. Was Infiniminer voxels as well? I think so. Yeah, I never actually I played so, yeah. Infiniminer. I don't think there was much to it. Right, I think it was just a infinite procedurally generated Minecraft underground with just rocks. Yeah. <laughs> um what when did 3D dot game heroes come out? Was that post Minecraft? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I I I, I, I definitely so. saw some games with that art style like and also when was Voxatron, you know, the uh the Voxatron I think was after that I was really excited about Voxatron, and I feel like they never actually made a game in it. Right. That was what I thought about almost everything with that art style was that, like, I remember seeing a demo. It, it might have been at, like, the first GDC I went to, so that would have been way later than Minecraft, um, that uh, was just like, we've got this, you know, voxel engine, make your own voxel character, and also, like play some weird like shitty arcade game clones with it yeah 3d dot game heroes came out two years before minecraft huh how was minecraft 2011 i could have sworn it was earlier than that uh, i wonder if 2011 was the, the 1.0 yeah, yeah it might have been in, maybe maybe yeah maybe it might have been in beta before that. that yeah seven may 17th of 2009 was the minecraft release Oh, okay. Well, so then, I mean, 3D Duck Computers definitely wasn't, like, but it wasn't, like, inspired by Minecraft. Right. Um, voxels were, like, 15 years ago were, like, what 3D was going to be in 10 years. You heard, like, uh, the Tim Sweeney and Car John Carmack types talking about that. Like, yeah, I remember... there was, like, there was that Blade Runner game was all voxels. Yeah, well, that was, that was like, the 90s. Um... I remember John Carmack talking about, like, uh, I think he had taken Quake levels and generated, like, a voxel version of them with, with a voxel rendering engine just to see what that would be like. You know, sparse voxel arced oc trees. Um, Why can't we ray trace things in real time now? Uh, we can. It's just that the the 3D pipeline that we have is so mature that it looks better. <clears throat> but how could it look better than rays that were traced? That's what the real world uses. <laughs> it uses rays that are traced from your eyes. That's right. Eye rays. <laughs> they, the, eye, the rays come out of your eyes and they stop when they hit a light source. <laughs> yeah. I think you a mean light, light exit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can see like all the stuff on um on Shader Toy. Almost I think literally all the stuff on Shader Toy is ray traced. Um so like if you want to see some examples of what that can look like. Like what if I wanted to see like a like a chrome sphere floating over an infinite black and white checkerboard? <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's on Shader Toy. Have you played anything, Kevin? I don't think I've played anything new. I have continued to play some Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. Um, yeah, me too. 
it's fine i just yeah i don't know what to it's so heavily free to play focused like they want me to so like they were trying today to get me to spend $15 to buy three packs of cards with a guaranteed legendary in each one and I just I just mm. zero interest in doing that so that Hearthstone did that thing recently where for $5 five, was it $5 you got five packs in a guaranteed legendary I think so and somehow that felt better well, it was one third as expensive. Yeah, I mean, five five bucks is what you pay for a pack of real magic cards. Is it? Is it something like that? I think. Yeah. Booster booster packs are less than that. They're they're like if you go and play in a draft, you'll sometimes or in a, in a in a uh, sealed tournament, you'll sometimes get six packs for twenty dollars. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's like I almost felt like I could because everybody bitched about the free to play monetization structure of Plants vs Zombies two, and you and I just both thought it, it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah, because if you ignore it, it just means you're playing Plants vs Zombies, but it's really hard, and that was great. Yeah, it was really satisfying. Uh, this is less like that, and I don't even... I, I looked at some of the legendary cards, and they are so much more powerful than the regular <clears> cards <throat> that I, if you want to be competitive, it seems like you would have to to buy all of those, and that seems like uh, garbage <laughs> to me. I don't know. Wait, this is a competitive game? It's Well, it's a, there's, there's a whole player versus player aspect to it do do is it like america's army where like no matter what both sides think they're playing the plants no no it's you 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 play because it it is very asymmetric actually huh. totally different decks of cards for each uh side plus there's also the cards are divided i think into five different kind of elements and each uh character can only use two elements uh which is kind of an interesting choice i guess uh, but then there's also an asymmetry in the turn order. Uh, zombies play first. They play creatures first. Then the plants play their, their creatures and their spells. And then the zombies get to play their spells. So there's a, a very significant sort of turn order of information display and... Yeah, the zombies also have a mechanic where sometimes some of the cards that you play start in tombstones. That's yeah. like an ability that a mon- that a that a creature can have, which means that the plant doesn't get to see what it is until the combat phase begins. And you don't get to see how much it costs either. That hmm. was something that I realized doing a little. Oh, really? Yeah. So when a, when a multiplayer player plays a tombstone, their uh, mana total does not decrease until the tombstone is revealed because that would be too much information for the other player to have apparently wow that's lame well i feel like the way that i mean i get it but the way that the way that hearthstone handles that is that a given class all of their secrets cost the same right which i guess is a is a real design constraint yeah (laughs) but because they all have to have approximately the same value 
which is hard. Uh, Hearthstone introduced a bunch of new quests a, a couple of weeks ago, and they have definitely dramatically impacted how I have been playing. Because uh, they will, there are like some very high value quests now for things like play seventy five Murlocs or play seventy five Battle Cry cards, and so now I have taken those quests and been like, well. I will just make a deck that is nothing but Murlocs or nothing but Battle Cry cards, and I'm not going to try to win. I, my, my goal is to play as many cards per game as I can. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that is kind of fascinating because it you create these decks that you're never expecting to win, and occasionally you do, and you're like, oh, huh, this is actually a really interesting combination of, of things. And that's both instructive and fun in a way. Yeah, I really like the new quests because... And I think we've had this exact conversation before on the podcast, but I like that you can complete them without winning games. Yeah. yeah. Like something like that. It reminds me of like Jetpack Joyride, uh, which has, and I, I feel like almost every free to play game, every game structured like that could benefit from the, like the rotating achievement system and the leveling system that that provided because that game was such a, like, it's kind of a, frankly kind of a shitty game except structurally was really ingenious i was uh i was reading a little bit about half brick and oh yeah that's that i forgot about that article that's super interesting Uh, and how luke Luke muscat like designed fruit ninja and then jetpack joyride and then even after all of that success from those two mega hit titles uh left to to form the studio that made um yeah like apparently crossy road uh the there was a sea change in management. They just decided yeah. we're not going to have game designers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fascinating that that was the, the, what they thought would like, be a reason. And honestly, approach. like if you're trying to maximize profit, like the gold rush is over on mobile. If you're like, maybe the smart thing really is to just, just have metrics people. Yeah. Designing everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Especially how because, are those, like, what, what's how up? are those not? How is a metrics guy designing a game not a game designer? Yeah, they just don't have that title. The, like well, it, it doesn't get to their heads. It's a it's a directional thing, right? <laughs> like it's it's a designer arguably is coming up with ideas and 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 crafting systems from inside out, whereas a metrics person is looking at A B testing or whatever and designing from the outside in whatever either increases retention or increases spending or ideally both. Right. Eh, I would argue that they're both making decisions about what a game is. They're both designing games, uh, right? I I mean, by the time that each of, I mean, unless you, unless you claim that a, that a super metrics driven game was not designed. Well, it was designed at first. What? Like, is it designed for the purpose of making money or, making fun I, I i think the the important thing is that they got rid of the job um there's still game design happening but no they have like what are they, i think they're called product managers now yeah. um and it's a different job description um obviously games have to be designed if they're going to exist so like that and and like they in fact like at at the time when they were phasing that job out, like, there was a public statement to the effect of that they wanted to make the design more democratic and more like like spread it over the the entire team. 
Which, so if you have an algorithm that determines game fitness and iterates over millions of game types, is that design or is that... That's a roguelike. Is it? <laughs> it's... Someone, it's I, not, I hope someone's learning. working like, on roguelikes a roguelike. Aren't like yeah, no, I, I hope someone's working on a roguelike that will train itself based on what players do. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's you know the, the notion of evolution versus intelligent design or whatever. Yeah, what if we what if we built a, a game that was just a roguelike that at the end there was a thing that you could put a dollar in it or not. And then the ones that put a dollar in pass their genes on to the next generation. Hmm. Yeah. The ones that get more, get more dollars. I think that would probably result in the best game at the end. And I think who it would, designed I think it? it. It's certainly what if, the most profitable game. What if an older version of Kevin stepped out of a time machine and handed Kevin <laughs> a, a floppy disk that said, this contains a game that will evolve into the best game ever? And, and then Kevin installed it, and then eventually it evolved into the best game ever. Who made that game? Who designed that game? <laughs> I think Kevin did. Just now? Yeah. Yeah, That's but cool. when did he do it? <laughs> All times? I'm, I'm being told that there's a uh, protest marching past my apartment right now and that I should come outside, but it is in a different part of town because the studio is not at my apartment. So I guess there's protest marches happening right now. I saw that cool tweet of a Nazi flag flying in near Dolores Park. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and believe that that is just an a very, very ill-conceived protest statement. That was my understanding as well. Yep. Um. Perhaps I will protest by burning that house down. <laughs> Riff, have you been playing anything else? Not really. Um, played some more Dark Souls 2. I played some more uh, Pokemon X, which it turns out that the underlying like sort of subplot of Pokemon X is that in ancient history there was a giant and terrible war in which tons of people died and Pokemon died. So that was, you know, that was a cheerful thing to be playing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much so it. It was like playing the new Battlefield game, basically. Yeah. Do you get to collect as many of a particular type of Pokemon as you want, or do you only ever get the one of any given type? Uh, you can you can get as many as you want, so long as you keep uh, encountering them or, or breeding them. I, I, I stuck a couple of... Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? The guy that Wooper evolves into that I can't think of the name of offhand, but it's been popping out. Isn't They've been popping Axolotl? out Wooper eggs. Wooster. <laughs> Axolotl is, is the French version, which right. actually would be appropriate for Pokemon X since it is set in France, but Pokey France, I guess. <laughs> is it really called Pokey France? Well, no, it doesn't really have a name. I'm, well, no, actually, I guess it does, but what is it? I think it's the Kalos region. But po I don't I don't know if the world of Pokemon has its has a name. I don't know if it's like Pokey Earth or what. No. Does it have a France? Does uh, it have like an Eiffel Tower? How do you know it's yeah, France? Yeah, it does have an Eiffel Tower actually. 
It's not called it that. Named, it's called uh, something else, but but it's very definitely mm. meant to be the Eiffel Tower. It's sort of a high tech version of the Eiffel Tower, and there's friggin' cafes absolutely everywhere. <laughs> okay, there are Japanese tourists walking around depressed. Yeah, there are some of those. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a bridge that you put lock poke locks on, and then the city th- cuts them all off and throws them away every couple of months? <laughs> And they say, stop throwing your keys in the river because the river will eventually be super shallow because of <laughs> billions of keys. Billions of keys. Hmm. Boats are bottoming out on the keys. Isn't that pronounced to install a bunch of locks in the bottom of the boats. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they'd have to match. That'd be really hard. Yeah, good point. So, okay. Man, what if you accidentally drove a boat over it and one of those keys matched a, like, hatch on the side of the boat that's only supposed to be opened when it's in dry dock and it just sinks the boat well it wouldn't have very far to sink i imagine oh yeah i guess the whole conceit of this is that the boat is bottomed out it's really just sailing through keys it's like a ball pit except it's just car keys they, i don't know i don't know why it's car maybe keys. they could export a bunch of them to florida excellent has anyone made a lock or like a, a lock for your locker room, like a master lock style thing that's just got a clicker like your car keys to open it? No, I don't know. Um, I have seen something like that recently, although, oh, I, I've seen one that was, uh, you could, that came with an iPhone app and you could unlock it from the app. I mean, it has to be powered, right? The thing about a car is that it has a battery in it that's always there. Yeah, yeah. the the having two electronic ends of it, like they, you'd have to keep both sets of batteries up to date for it to work. Right. There was some workaround. Well, I mean, you could do that, RFID. I forget what it was. I think there. I think it had like, and there was a, there was, was there. There was some there was some way to deal with the fact of what do you do if the battery on this thing has has drained because obviously you can't it, it can't be permissible to just take the battery out when the thing is locked or no I guess right. it could so long as it remained locked in that state I mean a hacksaw is always what you do whenever any lock fails for any reason Well the you cut, you, you, take a hacksaw you cut off your iPhone? You cut you cut off your arm, <laughs> so that, <laughs> yeah. So that you don't blow you don't blow up when the oh, motorcycle catches fire. Yeah, you cut off cut off your arm so you don't need the jacket that you've left in the locker anymore. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Yeah, this won't fit. <laughs> I don't have. You, you cut off your arm to eat because your boat is trapped in the middle of the Panama Canal. <laughs> but a, a lot of these locks use like really hardened steel. So. Uh, 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 a was that because there's locks in the anymore. Panama Canal? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. The, okay, that was very good. Because that was the, was the hacksaw where all the, the tool when a lock fails. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it just occurred to me to ask a question. Like, I don't know if you guys have played more Slay Away Camp than me, but does it get, like, are all the, is it all designed puzzles? Mm-hmm. As far as I know, because that game is structured like you unlock characters using a you know a coin system like Crossy Road, mm-hmm. and so it's structured as if you're going to be playing it indefinitely and grinding these coins. Um, you and, eventually get, I believe, repeatable things that let you earn a bunch of the coins. Like you can, well, you can just repeat you know sets of puzzles. 
Like, is there some like optimization mechanic or something? After the third movie, you also get a movie that is just a series of those kill cam shots. So it's just like, do as many of the little golf timing game as you can okay, without missing one, and you just get coins and coins and coins. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, you can use the coins for hints if you get stuck. It's great. I mean, I still like the puzzles and the art i just like suddenly it occurs to me that like this the the structure doesn't really add up as a complete experience well it seems like it's it's unless it comes out on ios and it's free yeah yeah and then you pay for coins yep you guys want to talk about the assignment julius sure what what an odd little thing yeah, so this, I feel like I I uh, rated, like I, I thought about this game in kind of an unfair way because I came into it thinking it was supposed to be like Zelda and it's really not very much like Zelda at all. Um, no, it's it reminded me a lot of Deadly Towers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely between those two. Yeah. 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 In yeah. design. Uh, well, like, so it, it's obviously like to some extent Zelda inspired like the first thing that happens is that someone asks, asks if you're going yeah. somewhere alone <laughs> yeah. and gives you a sword that was and some, and boots, some boots. Yeah, this <laughs> right. Is, this is so. upgrades, but which but then seem there's to make a any s- fucking difference. Like, like what does that even mean? Well, how how could it? Yeah, I mean, you like, <laughs> but like that's why, like why do that? Like, why start the game? There is something to be said for a game where you start without a sword and then you get one because you you understand the difference between those two states. Mm. Having a game where it just gives you two things at the beginning before you've had a chance to interact with the world. Maybe it's, it's I guess maybe you true. lose them later on. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a It's thing. also weird that the first thing that you do is like a weird side-scrolling platformer. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like the that, first dungeon. No, it is. It's like... Well, it's the it's the, getting it's getting out of the first. Yeah, hole. it's like the zeroth dungeon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The all the and the the it's like every kind of game at once. Like yeah. the the second yeah. the second dungeon or the first dungeon, if if that intro one is the zeroth dungeon, is like a top down auto scrolling yeah. one where you can't change your facing. Uh, you can't so, change. You I mean, can't change your facing even in the side-scrolling platforming section. Yeah, oh man, yeah. the second dungeon is a pain in the ass. I, I did not. No, I did manage to beat it, but I, I stopped just after that. I did not get to the second dungeon. I, I was like, I was having fun playing the game, but I didn't start playing it until today, and I just didn't have yeah. a ton of time. So, but, I mean, I like, I kind of what I decided was that I was just going to go read about the game. The second dungeon, like, of course, it scrolls along with you. But if you try and walk backwards past the point it is scrolled, that's leaving the dungeon. Yeah. And there are a couple of jumping puzzles that, where if, if you, you fail, screw it up, yeah. It's, yeah, it's scrolled too far. So, <laughs> so well, you it's have not to even that it scrolls too far. Really it's over. it's there's it's just a pit, and even if you jump, fail that first jump, you can't go back. Yeah, you can't go because going back involves yeah, because you go all the way to the left. And there's that that one space where it's like. Those fuck you snakes, where yep. if you fall on that snake, it'll knock you backwards in the next snake, which will knock you backwards in the next snake, and before you know it, yep. you're off the left, and you start yep. over. <laughs> it's so mean. 
It's it is there the all the dialogue was actually really aggressively mean to the player as well like it, yeah the or, woman that calls you a moron if it, like you walk <laughs> yeah. into a cave you walk into a thing and it was like oh you do you want to buy this and then you can't afford it and you say no and she says oh well you're a moron and it's like well you know what it did not say outside of this was store <laughs> so like how the fuck was i supposed to know like that it was a store and how much anything in there was going to cost it like it it felt like it did a lot of the same good things that Zelda did, but it did them in a kind of a weirdly cheap seeming way. Yeah. Well, the the, the big difference weird decisions. The big difference between this like and Zelda psychologically for me is that Zelda just drops you into a world um and there's guidance but it's very implicit and you can ignore it. You don't have to go through like a bunch the this this game felt very linear to me. Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I want to say that it opens up a little. The map is gigantic. The map looks like a Zelda overworld. It's just very like compartmentalized at first, at least. Yeah, I don't it, may, know. it may be that I just never got to the open part. I got to the third. I got the first two crystals, and then was messing around in the third world when I decided to quit. I am. Um, it bothered me a little bit that when you beat the boss of the first dungeon what that does is it just makes it so a rock somewhere out in the world disappears mm-hmm. yeah and it and that also lets you unlocks a cave that where you can buy the first crystal crystal which is not very obvious yeah i don't think oh. i i don't think i found the second crystal where where is that one second crystal is up in that field of rocks at the top of the second area oh do you i have, like do that you get there's that after after you after beat you the beat the boss okay yeah yeah i, I like that there's a cave on every screen yeah Yeah. i mean kind of i mean most of them are fairies saying irrelevant things and a lot of them they're telling you are like the screen is divided into two areas and you'll kill a bunch of stuff and then find out that it's in the area that you're not in which is annoying yeah yeah it's weird that it like seems like every time you kill a thing it has a chance of unlocking the a hidden cave it started to feel to me like it was every in it was thing. the second uh, yeah it was like every uh, at least in the in the second area i started noticing that the second monster i killed always opened the pit oh was it huh yeah. I, th- I thought it was Maybe just the same the same number of in per screen but uh the in varied per screen and depending huh. on how hard the enemies were and stuff but maybe that maybe uh, that's also just confirmation bias i don't i didn't actually pay I that mean, much of attention I think if I had to point out the biggest difference between this and Zelda, it would be that this only has the one verb, right? I guess in the side-scrolling sections, it has jump and stab, but, and I mean, duck, I suppose. But, like, there are no sub-items, which means there's no real opportunity to hide anything anywhere. Hmm. There's the, like, there's the that one item, the herb, that lets you, that, like, refills your health if you would have died which is not a usable item, but it's like one of those fairies basically. Yeah. It's also weird that the thing that increases your, like the thing that increases your energy tanks is a potion. Like, but you never actually get to hold, much object. The the thing that increases how much gold you can carry is a Bible. Yeah. You just keep (laughs) buying more Bibles and there's just a, a succession of stores with increasingly expensive bibles well they're they're bigger bibles that have larger hollowed out sections to hold more (laughs) 
gold. Oh, I see. And the fact so that this one will tell you that you're actually collecting gold when you kill stuff, you have to yeah, pause the game and pause, look at the, yeah. the, the thing and notice, oh, okay, my gold just went up by 40 or 120. And how it does not seem to correlate between how difficult the monster is and how much gold you get. Yep. Like the, you could kill a bunch of snakes and get a bunch of gold real fast or have a really hard time killing bees and not get so much. I mean, this is the thing that if you were nine years old, you would figure all this out and you would just play the shit out of this, you know? Yeah, probably. That's true. Although I think like as an adult, I'm guessing I could probably beat this in a day if it does not get exponentially more difficult or larger. Yeah. I mean, I started like the thing that started to bug me about it in the second area was like, well, now there are just exactly too many rooms in this area for me to really remember which caves I've been in and like remember which things are in which caves. It's got a, it's got Um, an internal loop of like, there's a big mountain range in the middle that you have to walk around. Hmm. And maybe it's time to start making a map. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I wasn't going to do that. Why? Why have we become so averse to writing down a bunch of like this is the thing I would do in high school would be to write down all the details about a thing, and now I, if the game doesn't do it for me, I just kind of give up on the game. It's just, I mean, that feels like work to me. I mean, cause that's what we do when we're making video games is we write down a lot notes. of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, it's yeah. like, I think the expectation is just a, um, a, a faster, you know, flow through the game, a more yeah. a smoother flow. And, and also that, that it'll be worth it. Like I, I relish doing it for La Mulana, but that was a super rewarding game. Whereas right. doing that for this, I don't think I'm going to get much out of it. But it's a journey, not a destination. <laughs> uh, thank you for the recommendation on this uh, Patreon backer need boxes. Was it, are they a Patreon backer or are they just a question giver? Uh, I think both. Okay. It was somebody in the Slack. It was somebody talking about it in the Slack. So I see. Um. Yeah, this was. This is a neat game. It, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, right. There were good games on the Sega Master System. There were good games on the Genesis. Like at the time, like this game is as good as like Jackal, and I played a lot of Jackal. <laughs> That's your bar. <laughs> is that the game that CJ, I mean, was- CJ Craig can finish in one life? Yeah, Jackal was. Okay. I don't get it. That's that's a West Wing joke. <laughs> Wait, what what was the game CJ Craig? Could... The CJ did this thing called the Jackal, which oh. was sort of a like lip syncing a song uh, that was really entertaining. Actually, and, and he didn't die while doing it. No. Okay. Uh, so I know what our next assignment is, but I don't know anything about it. So someone who knows anything about it should talk about it and what it is. I think that's Jim. Uh, bad Hotel. What it said in the uh, assignment suggestions list was uh, musical tower defense. Oh. So neat. that's what I know. 
It seems to be on the Android store. Hopefully, it's the same game as I'm pretty on, sure. I on think iOS. iOS, Android, and Steam. Yeah, the, the things I saw for it. So, so I already have it on my telephone. Perhaps so, I will play it tonight. So let's play that and see what happens. Bad hotel. Yeah, I, I think several of us are traveling over the next couple of days. So I will be traveling in spirit. <laughs> astral. Where? Astral uh, where are you going, Kevin? I am visiting my mother in Albuquerque. <laughs> Gosh, we're we're all doing so much visitings of our mothers in the southwestern United States. It's true. I visited my mother in Mountain View. We went to eat Greek food, and then we were going to go hiking, but we ate too much Greek food, so we didn't go hiking instead. <laughs> what kind of Greek food? Did you have too much souvlaki? Uh, I, Did you have too much tzatziki? I had a wrap. I had a wrap uh, with uh, pork in it. Okay. Did you have too many dolmas? No dolmas. Did, did you have too much baba ganoush? No. <laughs> it's, it's pork all the way down. I don't know if baba ganoush is a Greek food or not. I think I've, I'm confusing it with something. Tabbouleh is the thing that I was confusing it with. Uh, did you have too much tabbouleh? Sure. Baba yeah. ganoush always makes me think of baba yaga. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. ganesh. Baba ganesh's hut. Yeah. Yeah, it just solves all your problems. I mean, he gets out of the way. Like, he clears obstacles, like this hut. Hold on, let me just move. And it stands up on weird elephant legs and walks out of your way. Guys, do you know who this episode is brought to us by? Was it our Patreon just everybody backers? who ever asked a question. Yeah. Like Socrates. Socrates Aristotle. is on our Patreon? Plato. Alexander the Great. Alexander, Alexander the, I'm surprised. The I'm surprised that Plato had time to do any philosophizing. What with having to run that fun factory all the time, <laughs> or, or that horrible cave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He could have. You think that would have been the best some of cave that out to his daughter Dana? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, it's guys. <laughs> it's yeah. It's yeah. been a, it's been a lovely distraction for. It has. This is this was a better night. This was a better night than last night. Um, everybody, uh, you know, take 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 care of yourselves. You know, we made it through eight years of Bush. Yeah. And there was. I mean, it was obviously not as terrible, but there was a lot of there was a lot of similar world ending rhetoric. Sure, that's true. We're old, <laughs> so we don't care. We don't care how fucked up the world is. We're all going to be dead soon. That's a relief. That's the takeaway. Yep. Uh, guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 264 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you're still alive in a week. Yeah. Yeah. If not, enjoy the sweet release of death. <laughs> Good night. Have a great week, maybe? Yeah. It's Bye, everyone. Do your best. Bye. Oh, right, yeah, it's a land animal that evolved into a fish, the opposite direction. Or something, like, maybe, like, a, just a kind of a kind of crab with really buoyant feet. So it, it doesn't want to be up there, it just can't help it. Except for the ones that live inside bowling balls. I believe that our Skype call has resulted in uh, us not being able to hear each other anymore. Or at least I can't hear you. We did just reach the 420 mark in the recording on my end, so maybe my Zoom portable audio recording device is just baked AF. Now the Skype call is shut down, so I'm just isolated.
Hey everybody. How'd you like a Video Games Hot Dog solo episode starring just me, Zach? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs>